Well, having been inspired by that lovely song, we're now going to read from God's Word. It's Hebrews chapter 13, if you have a Bible. And we're just reading the first few verses. Hebrews 13, verse 1. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are ill-treated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honoured by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. I am the Lord and I do not change. I am the Lord and I do not change. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. But the Lord don't change at all. No, the Lord don't change at all. Well, that's slight paraphrase of uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 by an eminent theologian. Theologian is Colin Buchanan in one of his songs. God doesn't change at all. I've learned a lot from him. Now, on this subject of God not changing, uh, you can read some heavyweight stuff. Uh, there's uh, this one, the doctrine of the word of God, which is a prelude to this one, the doctrine, the knowledge of God, which is a prelude to this one, the doctrine of God. I've got three more bad boys by him of that sort of size. And if you'd like to know more, you're welcome to borrow. Great. Or you could listen to a bit more Colin. Uh, one of Colin's songs uh, goes uh, like this. People change, but God doesn't change at all. No, God don't change at all. And uh, that's going to be the way we're going to divide up our talk tonight. People change, but God don't change at all. People change. Oh dear, how do they change? Well, we change in our, our very being, don't we? Uh, this is how that song goes. I was born a helpless baby. Wasn't much that I could do. I cried for my mama's milk and went goo ga ga goo. When I was just a baby, I couldn't run. I couldn't hop. And when I tried to walk, I went wobble, wobble, plop. Well, you know that feeling, don't you? We change. We change in our size, our characteristics, uh, physically. There's all kinds of ways we change. Have you ever got an old photo album out? Painful, isn't it? Uh, here's a photo. I guess you can work out who that one is. Yeah, that's me as a baby with my mum. I don't remember that at all. Here is uh, another photo. Can you work out who that is? Well, my mum hasn't changed much, 
But if you look carefully, you will notice that I once had quite long black hair. Yes, I did. And uh, there's another little baby who doesn't remember that either. That's Christopher when he was first born. What a change. And if you uh, look at Christopher now, he's changed quite a bit from that too, hasn't he? People change so quickly in our lifetimes. Uh, I don't recognise you at all. Uh, you don't look like that a bit. They're the kind of things we say when we look through old photo albums. We can't believe how quickly we age. But it isn't just in terms of what we look like. We change in what we know, don't we? Now, uh, I was going to get out some of uh, Jenny and my old uh, school reports, but basically they were two sentences with could do better, I guess, most of the time. Could do better. So I, uh, I dug out some of my children's. Uh, this one here, year 11 progress file from Wooten Upper School uh, from my day, uh, where you sort of basically got a page for a whole year. You get a book for a whole year. Won't read it out. Bit embarrassing to the uh, owner of that one. Or this one, uh, that's more like a proper report, isn't it? This is uh, examination at primary grade, classical ballet. You know when a report writes this, an imaginative approach to all music and music settings. You're kind of like, they're trying to be nice. Well, she did pass with a special merit. We learn things, don't we? We learn how to dance. We learn how to speak. <laughs> we learn how to say please and thank you. We learn how to work out well, maybe calculus and integration. We learn to speak foreign languages. We learn. Our knowledge grows and then you get to that stage, you go, oh, I can't remember his name. Happens to me ever more frequently, I'm afraid. <laughs> knowledge ebbs and flows in our lives, doesn't it? And then what about our characters, our temperament, our attitudes, our inner life? That changes, doesn't it? We've all got stories about how we've changed. You know that phrase, G-O-M. Uh, it was given to perhaps one of Britain's greatest prime ministers, William Ewart Gladstone. He was the grand old man. But unfortunately, partly in thanks to Victor Meldrew, G-O-M has become, yes, you've guessed it, grumpy old man. I think sometimes I'm too good at finding myself going, I don't believe it, about all kinds of things. Uh, this week marked the passing of Captain Sir Tom, didn't it? He didn't seem to be a grumpy old man, but a grand old man. Uh, but that's sometimes the outcome, isn't it? We become ever more thankful, ever more patient, more kind, more loved. Or sometimes we begin, as we get older, to become resentful, frustrated, cross, don't like what's going on. Maybe we're a mixture of the two. I mean, even during a day, our moods can change, can't they? Have you got some favourite moody stories? Which one do you want me to tell you about? I could tell you about the time when I got in a mood when I thought a hamster had got somewhere in our, between our a bottom and our first floor and I can show you the hole 
in the ceiling that I had to dig to get the wretched thing out. I could tell you uh, the whole story of a door, which when I was a little bit frustrated, I didn't know Jenny was standing right behind it. I opened it like that and boom, she had indented the door. We had to get a new door. I could tell you about the time when I kicked a door and my foot went through it. Perhaps my worst moody story of all was the hole I created in my, eye, my nose. And you go, well, what? Well, Jenny had come home from shopping. I was happily working. Uh, then I looked outside and I noticed it was pouring down with rain. The car was getting wet and I ran downstairs and I was so frustrated that the car was so wet, I slammed the door. Now, it, it may be just because I've got an extraordinary long nose, but my nose got in the way as the door closed and it took a huge, great chunk of skin out the side of my nose. And it was the day before the only school reunion we'd ever had. And at that school reunion, everybody asked, what, what, what's it to do with your nose, Ray? And I, I had to explain the story of the mood. We are incredibly changeable and we live in an incredibly changeable world. <sighs> None of us needs to be told that, do we? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in our own lives. But even the wisest and the best haven't got much clue. No, people change. People change. And often that change leaves us unnerved. Do you fight against change? You've heard of that classic midlife crisis. Well, that's when people begin to realise they are changing. That those youthful hopes, the energy, the looks, the achievements, they are changing. And sometimes you find quite strange behaviour patterns of people trying to fight against the change, trying to act as if they're a lot younger still trying to resent the change, but of course it comes. We, we can't help it. People change. Sometimes true in church life. We, we don't like change. I mean, we're a church that's changed so much. We've used eight or nine different buildings. We've changed our name at least three times. Um, we've had all kinds of changes in all kinds of ways, but even us, we find it hard to change, don't we? I, I came from a church that was formed in... 1645, 350 years ago. It's hard to change, isn't it, when you've, you're in the long line? No, change doesn't come easy to us. But tonight we're looking at something God can't do. People change, but God don't change at all. No, no, no. Theologian Colin. So how does God not change? Well, let's look at those three ideas again. We've We've thought about our being, our ageing, our size. We've think, thought about our knowledge. And we've thought about, as it were, our inner life, our emotional um, passions and moods. We'll look at those three things. Now, this is a complex area. There's, you have to be incredibly careful how you say it without, as it were, saying something that isn't right or you can push something to an extreme. But let's think about knowledge. We talk about God not changing in his knowledge, because he is the all-knowing one. He knows everything. He's always known everything. Let me read something to you, give you a flavour of this. Mr and Mrs Dursley of number four, 
privet drive were proud to say they were perfectly normal thank you very much well i know you know what that is it's the opening sentence of the very first harry potter book the very last harry potter book uh, and they were thick books weren't they was this one the scar had not pained harry for 19 years all was well deathly hallows part two now here's the thing the author jk rowling said that she had written that sentence and locked it away in a bank vault right at the very beginning of the series. The author saw everything. Now, in a tiny little way, she is giving us a picture of what God means when he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I wrote the first sentence and the last sentence. God, as it were, is over all of it. Well, the Bible uses a, a, a not the Bible, the, Christians use a word to describe that. They say God is transcendent. He's above everything. He, he knows it all. John introduced us to that idea last week, didn't he? An author is, is in every page, but he's above every page. He sees and knows every single thing. Because God is the all-knowing God, he can't change in his knowledge. He doesn't learn more. He, he doesn't go, oh, I didn't know that. He didn't have to learn that. He doesn't change in his, in his um, knowledge. He doesn't change in his being. God doesn't change the kind of God he is. He is always Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He is eternal God. He's not become something that he was not. He's not aged. He, he doesn't look back and go, my, how I've changed. He doesn't look forward and thinking, I wonder what I'll be like later. He's consistent in his character. He's always loving, always good, always perfect and he's not and this is a difficult one when we talk about emotional what we mean sometimes you you may come across in some of the you, you come across a, a phrase impassable that means god is without emotions now what that's pointing at is that god is not moody god doesn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day he, he doesn't he doesn't have a good day where his mood is lifted and he he feels kind and and then he has a dark day when nothing and nobody can please him that he's not like us the, the idea of god being impassable is that it's saying that god is he's the same in his emotions he he is emotional he's passionately loving He's truly holy. He's utterly kind. He loves what is right. He does hate what is evil with a perfect hatred and a perfect love. But he's not moody. His motions don't control him. He's not made up of parts. 
with different emotions conflicting him. That's hard for us to understand that. So unlike us. We, we almost can't understand that. It's not that God is less emotional than us. He's more emotional, but emotional as God is. He is loving perfectly. Now, those ideas that God doesn't change in his being, God doesn't change in his knowledge, and God doesn't change, he's not driven by his emotions, that's the idea that God is utterly unchangeable. Now, you might say, well, I, hold on a minute, aren't there bits in the Bible that, that make it look as if God does change? Can't the Lord change his mind, even repent or relent? Now, a friend of mine, Bill, wrote uh, an article about this and he just pointed up in short compass some of the ideas that can help us. So he points to when King Saul was anointed in 1 Samuel 15 or God announcing judgment on Nineveh in Jonah chapter 3. Now, the answer, he says, of course, is that God's purpose never changed. He appointed Saul to be the righteous king, God's leader, and Saul rejected God's rule and then... God rejected Saul. And when he announced the judgment on Nineveh and under Jonah's preaching, they turned, God relented of his judgment. Now, who changed? Saul or God? Nineveh or God? No, God, God's purpose was the same. But the people changed. Now, here's the thing. The transcendent God is also what we call the imminent God. It's as if... <laughs> The author is not know, just knows all about the book. God is, as it were, with the people in the book. He is the living God interacting with the characters. And more especially, he has written himself fully in as one. And that's the great mystery of who God is. He is above all things transcendent, but he's dived in, as it were, and he's in the book, imminent. He, he's with us. One theologian calls this is God's temporal omnipresence. He's in time everywhere. And in one sense, God experiences the story with us. He is with us today. He was with us yesterday. But as we've experienced today becoming yesterday, and as we anticipate today becoming tomorrow, God is with us in that story in a way beyond us. We can only be in one place, one time, at one moment. God is both with us and above us. He's both transcendent and imminent. And in that sense, God experiences a, a change, but not in his being. He experiences change in his relationships with his creatures. We were under wrath, but we are now children of God, Ephesians chapter 2. Our relationship with God has changed. God, in his great mercy, showed us Christ and then gave us a new birth. He gave us new life. God has interacted with us. He's in one sense experiencing things with us. But of course, all the time is above us. Now, we can't get our heads around that. So in that sense, God is interacting, but his character is never changing. And then 
that idea of uh, God's emotional life. Well, the Lord Jesus had an emotional life. He was the perfect human, but he was always the son of God. But that, that, that is also something about God in himself, that sense of God being profoundly caring, profoundly intense in his anger against evil, what we call the Bible calls his wrath. But wonderfully, amazingly loving. So God is unlike us and he can't change. And that means there are implications for us, aren't there? So what, we'd say, so what? What difference does this make that God can't change even as we do? What, what does that mean for us? Well, I think there's two things. One is we, we, have to, we can stop fighting against change. I don't know what you're like about this. How are you with nostalgia? I'm terrifyingly nostalgic. I had a lovely childhood and I sometimes go back to my childhood upbringing places, but they are so different. And I yearn for something that is now gone. It's locked in my memory. But it's even worse, isn't it, with those old photographs? Because as you look at them, the people that were with you then are not with you now. And soon it'll be our turn. People will look at our old photographs and say, oh, I can never have time with that person again. And it's one of the hardest things of life, isn't it? But you see, if God is unchanging, God is all knowing. God, our father, when we've known him in Christ, is all loving. He shares our memories. He knows our memories. He holds all those things the places and the people where we've had to let go but God holds on to us it'd be wonderful in time to come if you're a Christian believer to say in heaven your heavenly father said let's talk about old times and you say heavenly father I, I never understood why that happened oh I, I, that was one of the most happiest days of my life father what happened on that day and he might tell you that he caused the sun to shine and the sky was blue and the sea was warm and the sand yes he made it and you had a lovely time and he was watching you and enjoying that time with you won't it be amazing that we don't have to fight and resent change because God holds it all and one day we'll be able to talk it through with him and we don't have to fight against the change in ourselves we can say I change but he doesn't change that great verse that we read in our reading, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. It was in a section about some of life's challenges, wasn't it? Hebrews 13 is the opening section. is an absolutely brilliant section of the Bible. The first few verses, three great things that Christians always ought to do. We should love. We should be hospitable and we should pray. It's the same list that Peter uses in 1 Peter 4, where he talks about uh, loving one another um, realistically and praying for one another and being hospitable to strangers. Same three. And then the next three are the three great threats, the temptations of the world, sex, money, power. And they come in all kinds of guises here in chapter uh, verse four, that the whole danger of, of our, our, our sexual life just becoming a mess. 
And, and then uh, our money. And, and for most human beings on planet Earth, it's always anxiety. Where is the next, where are the resources going to come from? I know some have got to struggle with too much, but most struggle with not enough. And, and that anxiety and, and maybe even tendency to, I remember a few weeks ago, compare up, looking at money. And then in verse 70, he looks at the issue of power. And he talks about leaders. And he then, in one sense, he is not so much the worry about power and its abuse, but those who've shown what true power should look like. Leaders who use their ability to speak, not their own ideas, but the word of God to you. And their outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. They set you a good example. They use their power nobly. Sex, money, power. And in them, he interweaves what God, the unchanging God, will do. And then it comes to the conclusion, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And what he says is this, through all life's ups and downs, through all life's sorrows and joys, someone is with you who is utterly reliable. One of my favourite uh, Collins is the song and if you want to look it up because your kids will love it is the song God never says oops never slips up never makes any mistakes God never says oops he's got a perfect plan can he do it yes he can the God who keeps his promises it concludes with this his promises are true. He'll always follow through. He's our creator king. He doesn't miss a thing. He's shepherd of the sheep. He'll never fall asleep. Remember little lamb. He's God and not a man. This great truth that God doesn't change means you can trust him completely. And you can trust him with the most Serious thing of all, your eternal salvation. He is the, remember, I am the good shepherd. This Jesus is the good shepherd. Go to him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to help you. Ask him to protect you. Ask him to help you know that the one person you can trust who is going to never let you down, can't change. Your, even your leaders, the outcome of their life, they change. They move on. They die. But Jesus, our saviour, is the same. If you've trusted your life to him, he will never let you down. This great truth should encourage us all. May it encourage you. Amen.